Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and joining me today to talk about the newly opened First Americans Museum and Native Heritage Month is Adrian Lolly Hills, Associate Director for Learning and Community Engagement. Welcome, Adrian. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Erin. I'm so pleased to be here. So the First Americans Museum has really been a dream a long time in the making for all the people behind the development and the opening of this world-class museum. Adrian, what has it been like to finally get to open the doors to the public and see their reactions to the space and the exhibits? Oh, it's just been magical. It's been so tremendous seeing many of our Native community members bringing their whole families to hear our stories and um, learn about our collective histories and view beautiful objects that have um, not been on view for 100 years um, that are, have come to us from the Smithsonian collection. So it's super satisfying to be able to walk in um, from my office and see people engaging. That's so wonderful. Um, my family and I just visited and it was just, it was packed. The museum was packed. The parking lot was packed. It was so fun to, to see and feel the energy in the space and the excitement um, of the guests and just the engagement, the level of engagement of people <laughs> who were visiting um, was really remarkable. Absolutely. I, people are hungry for this level of authenticity and for us to surface stories that haven't been um, made mainstream. Definitely. Um, in Metro Family's article this fall about the museum's opening, you talk about the integration of video, immersive audio and animation in the galleries and I know my three kids were entirely wowed <laughs> by the touch screens and really the opportunities throughout to to engage them and I was impressed that at their ages they were able to stick with the story throughout the galleries and there were opportunities for them to enjoy some hands-on learning throughout mm -hmm. so adrian for you what do you recommend as the can't miss spaces in the museum for families with kids well there are a couple of places the first which my my six-year-old son can vouch for is our origins theater which is a theater in the round um, that presents four origin stories that are um, scripted, narrated, and illustrated by Native community members. And those really present um, new ways of understanding those particular tribes and understanding our relationship to the world, to each other, and to ourselves. Um, beautifully illustrated in gorgeous audio, kids are just enraptured. Um, the other thing that kids can't miss is our powwow van. We have an entire van set up um, in which you are invited to take a seat on those old school blue squishy van seats. Um, and you have a chatty driver that takes you across Oklahoma so that you can see all of our dances, celebrations, and observances. Um, and it's done in a way that demystifies powwow for non-native visitors. Um, and encourages people to get up on the powwow trail and come join us um, in um, celebrating our cultures. Those were two major highlights for my kids as well. Um, 
there really are there's are so many opportunities even just to to flip over a piece of a panel or even small things like that touch screens throughout again that really i think mm -hmm. for all visitors i know draw them through but for kids especially my kids were on the lookout for the next interactive feature to to pull mm -hmm. them through the exhibit yeah uh, we uh you know parents will be relieved to hear that all of the objects on display are behind glass so there's no real concern about um, little ones getting into something they're not supposed to and um, you know, our curator wrote a really beautiful um, reflection on the day after Indigenous Peoples Day. They walked into the gallery, she and her staff, to clean the cases that cover the, the, uh, that cover all the objects. And she said that the, all the glass was just covered in baby hands. And she wrote that this is for you, baby. You know, these, these materials and these stories are here for you. So she was really happy to walk in and see that it was obvious families had really kind of taken in the space. That's so beautiful. I love that. And there's even more coming in the future in the form of a family discovery center. Mm -hmm. So what can you tell us about what will be housed in that space and when is it anticipated to open? Yeah, so we're still in the fundraising period of um, for our family discovery center. It will be a large immersive space that actually takes up two stories um, and it will center around the idea of native values such as resilience, community, respect, um, and the exhibit developers here at FAM and with our partners um, externally, we have um, developed very tribally specific stories and narratives and images that celebrate the diversity of the nations here in Oklahoma today. Um, kids will be kind of led around the space um, by animal guides, who again reflect specific tribal um, cultures. And it'll be both analog and digital hands-on activities. And one of the really smart things is for us, you know, for the families that have maybe younger and older children, everything can scale depending on the age of the child. Um, so you can do everything from playing a matching game to crawling through tunnels to doing a more sophisticated um, uh, scavenger hunt through the space. And I'll all have this um, storybook look and feel, so feel otherworldly and immersive. That's so exciting. We'll be, we'll be watching and waiting for that for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, coming up sooner is in the month of November, celebrating Native Heritage Month. What kinds of special events and activities will be going on at FAM to commemorate this month? Well, for us, every month is Native American Heritage Month. So we'll be really kind of leaning into our typical offerings that will include weekend family funds on Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4, where we have hands-on activities for families with children to engage in. Um, that are, you know, facilitated by friendly educators. We're also doing a, a good number of outreaches. So we're supporting other organizations that wish to engage in Native history and culture. Um, and so our cultural ambassador, Ace Greenwood, is hitting the road um, and visiting schools, organizations, even companies to um, do cultural demonstrations, hands-on activities, and more. Um, and then we'll also be doing a Veterans Day observance from November 11th to the 14th. 
um, with more details coming with that soon, but um, visitors to the space will know that we have a large section of the museum um, that is dedicated to veterans. And so we'll um, kind of highlight that and celebrate our veterans during Native American Heritage Month as well. That's exciting. So what, what are these opportunities during Native Heritage Month and beyond to offer these kinds of educational programs at the museum and through the community. What does that mean for you personally? Um, uh, it, as an Indigenous person and as a citizen of Wyandotte Nation, it means a lot. It means representation. It means, you know, it's Native people telling Native stories rather than, um, you know, learning erroneous facts about ourselves in textbooks and on TV. Um, and so it is a, it's a significant time. For non-Native families, what are some meaningful and appropriate ways to commemorate and learn about both Native history and modern day culture during November especially? Well, certainly I would encourage them to come to FAM. Um, where they'll learn about the, um, the collective stories of the 39 tribes. But each tribe has its own distinct history, um, has very specific ancestral lands, languages, beliefs, and origin stories. And so in addition to visiting FAM, I would encourage families to also reach out and visit the cultural centers. Most tribes have a cultural center. Um, and I think that it's important that in addition to visiting this space, you dig even deeper into the individual tribes. Um, families may also wish to do a little bit of research on their own as to who, um, whose land they're on. You could even make a home land acknowledgement. Um, you know, the other way that you can really commemorate and celebrate Native culture um, now is support Native artists. Um, you know, our FAM store includes um, beautiful jewelry, clothing, um, items, toys, all sorts of things that are made by uh, Native individuals or, or, or companies. Um, and supporting Native creativity is a really great way to support our local economy and um, keep our arts and culture here thriving. We have um, in our November, December issue of Metro Family also a highlight on the FAM store and some items for all ages, for everybody on your, on your wish list this holiday season. There are, really is an incredible array of gift items um, to check out. We just announced our winter holiday art market too, which will be on December 4th. Exciting. So Lots of time for our holiday shopping. Yes, yes. Um, I love that you talked about um, the tribe's cultural centers. Um, my family had a really unique opportunity. We visited FAM and we also visited um, the Choctaw Cultural Center, uh, which is our tribe. And it was really wonderful to compare and contrast. And what I, what I noticed is that my kids were really, after learning so much at the Choctaw Cultural Center. My kids were so drawn to everything at FAM that had the word Choctaw associated with it. Um, and it, it was just, it's a different, it was two different ways to experience their culture. Um, and it was really meaningful to learn so much about their own heritage and then learn kind of the broader picture 
of that and um, and really learn about other tribes as well. So um, I will second that, that that's a really, for families who are native or not, that's a really meaningful way to, to experience um, not just history, but, but modern day people as well and how, how, how native people are thriving um, in our communities now. Mm -hmm. So for native families specifically who are looking to learn more about their own culture and heritage, or who want to learn more about the other 39 diverse tribes who call Oklahoma home now, in addition to visiting those cultural centers, are there some other unique ways that families can do that and get kids involved in the process? Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, I would encourage each, um, if, if the family is not already, encourage them to get in contact with their tribe. Um, tribes often have, you know, a cultural, um, a heritage and cultural preservation office that has wonderful resources for families looking to get more plugged into culture and history. Um, and that can be everything from trying out um, traditional recipes to, um, to arts projects to um, living history projects. You know, we're going to be doing some work soon that um, uh, helps people record their own stories and um, record their own family stories. Um, those are all things that, um, you know, a visit to your, your tribal cultural center can help facilitate. Um, and then there's also just such a wealth of contemporary artists and makers out there. So becoming familiar even with, you know, leaders on Instagram who are from your tribe or um, hip-hop artists or filmmakers, um, you know, every nation, um, ha, you know, is kind of this wellspring of creativity and um, that really can help engage younger visitors who might not be, or younger learners who aren't maybe as engaged by history. We can really in the, um, uh, immerse them in the present. That's a great idea. So beyond Native Heritage Month, how do we as parents, how do we as a community do a better job in ensuring Native history, modern day Native heroes, and Native culture are more incorporated into our school curriculum and really our everyday lives? Mm -hmm. Certainly parents can serve as advocates for um, Native representation in classrooms. I don't think that the burden should fall just on Native families to point out when um, Indigenous histories are being erased from curricula or when stereotyped representations of Native peoples are finding their way into the classroom. Um, you know, everybody's well-meaning, but um, you know, it really does take allies to help us make sure that um, there's accurate representation. Um, so in that way, I do encourage families to be intentional about seeking out counter narratives to the typical stories we hear in history books and social studies literature, um, so that students have a more 360 degree understanding of history from multiple perspectives. That's something that's emphasized in the FAM visit, um, which is this awareness that, you know, we have been brought up in a very specific, from a very, kind of immersed in a very specific narrative of history. And that's not always the case, um, that many perspectives on the American experience exist. Um, 
so yeah, I, I, I would encourage parents to um, feel emboldened to speak out um, when they see something amiss, but then um, there are wonderful examples of tribal, new tribal heroes and new um, stories that can come from the tribes. One of the things that FAM is doing is we are organizing an open-ended database of native service members um, to help elevate and surface those stories because native people participate in much higher rates in the military than um, I believe any other ethnic group, um, which may sound counterintuitive, but is really kind of part and parcel with our values of service. Um, so we're doing the work here as well to identify those kind of unknown heroes of history that we should be regarding um, maybe more or to the same extent as the people who typically come up in our history books. I was really struck by the section in FAM um, representing veterans and so were my kids. And that was certainly something that I have heard that um, Native people serve at a higher rate than other ethnic groups. But one of the things that really stuck out to me in our visit to FAM was the, the idea that Native people are committed to the land and to community. And so just getting to, to, to see and hear through displays and video the breadth and depth of the reasoning behind that was really powerful and was so beautifully illustrated. So I definitely recommend people mm -hmm. stop by and spend some time in that section of the galleries for sure. And again, my kids loved it because there were touch screens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it certainly is a story that echoes what you hear about, um, you know, people who, um, black service members who were not you know, served in a segregated manner um, in the same way. Um, many tribal people served in the military even before they be could become citizens. So um, it's a very complex story that um, I think will surprise a lot of visitors. As I visited FAM, another thing that really stood out to me was how intentionally represented the diverse 39 tribal nations that call Oklahoma home are. And that's, of course, something that I had heard before I walked through the doors, but um, it's experiencing it um, just brought it to a different level for me and made me think about a conversation I had um, for one of the articles in our November-December issue about Matriarch. And for our listeners, if you're not familiar with the nonprofit organization, the group empowers Indigenous women, two-spirit, and non-binary people and their children through education, community building, and advocacy. And the participants of Matriarch 2 intentionally commit to learning about each other's diverse tribal heritage and culture. And the founder said, as we were talking about this, that that can be such a messy and imperfect process, um, which I think hearing that or knowing that about anything in our lives often causes many of us to shy away from that, right? But it's that willingness to lean in to that discomfort, to learn, to listen, that can be so important. Um, and Matriarch and FAM both are such powerful reminders for me as we move into Native Heritage Month and the holidays beyond to really carry that kind of attitude and intentionality. Adrian, how do you see FAM encouraging that willingness to listen and learn, even when there's discomfort sometimes? 
in your guests? And has the museum encouraged it for you personally? Yeah, um, well, I'd like to add, I've had the, the honor of participating in Matriarch before, and there's certainly, you know, um, confluence between staff and participants in that program as well, and they're doing such amazing work. Um, we talk here a lot about um, the idea of productive discomfort. So in providing a safe spaces for people to feel maybe a little bit more vulnerable and uncomfortable, ask questions that they might be a little bit embarrassed to ask so that they can come to a new level of understanding of and relationship with the Native nations here. Um, you know, we're in a complex place and that a good deal of our visitors are our Native community members and they have very different needs um, and motivations for visiting FAM. Whereas our non-Native visitors, you know, have a distinct set as, of needs and motivations as well. So we're still kind of fleshing out what that's going to look like over time because no museum has really done it to this scale before. So we're intentionally creating time and space for staff to reflect on what works and what doesn't. Um, so as we roll out things such as um, Indigenous Peoples Day, so large public programming, or you know, panel discussions, smaller, more intimate opportunities to engage deeply in a topic, uh, we'll be doing a lot of kind of reflecting and research on our own methods um, to make sure that we're having those conversations. Um, so those are, those are ways that we're going to kind of experiment and iterate and prototype methods of engagement over the next couple of years. And certainly um, working in a majority indigenous environment, you know, the majority of FAM staff are native, um, has really been such a great opportunity because one of our community values is listening. Um, and so working in a space where we have both the institutional and cultural expectation of listening to each other and especially to our elders and leaders um, has really reshaped the way that I think about um, how we may program um, and how we might do community outreach. So it's all kind of, um, everything's kind of incubating in our heads right now because we're here, we're gonna be here for a hundred years and then some, um, so we want to make sure that we get this right. Thank you so much for your time today, Adrian, and for the opportunity to learn from you. Thank you. For our listeners, you can head to famok.org to learn more about First Americans Museum, get your tickets to visit, and find out all of the educational and programming opportunities they have. Also, you can visit metrofamilymagazine.com for a list of resources and curriculum for students and families developed by Native American Student Services in Oklahoma City Public Schools. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.